That is great. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, because you are sovereign. Lord, and we uh, rest in thee. Lord, we trust you and we bless you and we thank you for the power of your word and we thank you, Lord, for uh, what we've seen in those shown already is how you grow us and you gift us, Lord. You fill us with your very being. And so, Lord, we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit and we ask for that now as we look into the word and we look to you, Lord, as you are looking to minister into our lives this morning. Lord, our lives individually and as a church. So we ask you, Lord, to come and move this morning um, uh, in this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I believe that God um, intends to and is working to bring us into a new season of joy. And, uh, and it captivated in this um, phrase, celebratory joy. Um, because I think praise is... Um, so needed in these days in the church. And, and I want to talk about that today. My title is Awaken the Joy. And uh, I think that works in two ways. It's, Lord, will you awaken the joy in our hearts for you, but also for us as a response? Um, will we awaken the joy in our hearts? And, um, and, I, and I, I guess there's something in my heart which is longing for it, desiring it, needs it, but I think it's because the Spirit is stirring in us a need to be joyful in these days and to, to understand joy in the context of a difficulty, struggle, whatever you want. It's not just when we're happy that we need joy or that we have joy. We have joy even as, as we take Jesus' words when he said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So um, that's, that's the theme this morning. And if, you, uh, if you'd like to, um, you can turn to it in um, uh, Psalm 69, 30 to 33, um, or Dave will bring it up on the screen. And it says, I need to get it in front of me as well. Um, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. When the humble see it, they will be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. Um, we're the, uh, the people who um, seek God, are we not? Amen? Just the three of us? <laughs> we seek God, so let our hearts Revive, And um, I love this, just this part of the psalm. He says, he says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Songs and thanksgiving, those things that you, we use our mouths for. It's not just our hearts, but there's something about our hearts reviving in the context of singing and praising God. And so there's a cry there for revival, and I don't mean that necessarily the revival of many people being saved, but a revival in our hearts, something reviving that comes alive with God again, a joy in the Lord's, no matter our situation. And um, Scripture says, for in his presence there is fullness of joy. 1 Chronicles 16, if you'd like to turn to that as well, that's 23 to 31. I'm going to run quite quickly through these just because of time, but um, this is a, a Psalm of David or a Song of David. It's, it's in, the, in Chronicles 
and verse 23. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Amen? Amen. You feel free to feedback and say amen while I'm talking. Um, but I guess this is it. May our lips be employed in the praise of God in these days. So I wonder whether you were to think about how often you use your lips to speak. How often of that time do they, are they used to bring praise to God? Not just in a Sunday morning or some kind of meeting, but in day to day, how often are we praising God? How often is our hearts overflowing with declaration of his goodness, of his glory, of his wonder. Um, see, praise is more than singing. Praise is speaking out words of thanksgiving or, or um, just declaring his goodness. And when we, if we were to examine our meeting, there are different ways people participate uh, with their mouth. They might just shout out words of, of thanks to God, just brief little words, thank you, Jesus. Um, some might, will, will, we will sing a song. We will maybe pray a prayer, or we may bring a, um, something that's more of a declaration. You are good. You are mighty. Is a declaration of God. So we, when you look at 1 Chronicles, you see, sing to the Lord. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, among the peoples. So we sing, we tell, and we declare and singing helps us. When we don't really know the words, we use other people's words, don't we? We, we tell of his wonderful works, maybe in conversation that you, that you have in your day to day. And then when we declare his glory among the nations, there's a, a mission evangelistic element to that. Um, but there's also, and I'd love to widen this because I think scripture supports this, when we declare his glory, it is declared not just amongst the peoples of the nations, but amongst the heavenly um, uh, realm. And everyone hears it, and I want to touch on that. But this is what I was thinking. Praise is the declaration of God's power, love, and faithfulness in the face of our weakness, fear, and doubt. I think this is something so powerful about praise, that praise is not just something you do when you feel good. In fact, Scripture shows us it completely differently. In fact, praise often happens when we don't feel good. You know, <clears throat> I'm jumping ahead there. But we tell one another. Have you ever been down and someone's come along beside you and said, isn't God good? He's mighty. Trust in him. He's, he's got you in his hands. He's mighty. Lift up your head and see that God is good. Focus your attention on him. And someone comes. Isn't that the same kind of words you hear in songs? So we, we often, by telling one another to look to the Lord, we're bringing praise and we're telling them about the salvation of the Lord. You know, some of these things we've heard from, from Lou, they're words that God has given because all good things come from above, even praise, originates from the throne room, in our hearts, out of our mouths, bringing life to many. I don't know if you thought about that. You might be thinking, you know, when we're, and I'd love to encourage you to do this more and to do it louder, is just 
Don't wait for people to hear you. Just say, God, you're wonderful. Something comes from the throne, that revelation of the Holy Spirit in your hearts, and you speak it out, and power comes as we, as we praise, as we tell, as we sing. And that's why I wanted to play that video at the beginning there, because um, what John Piper's talking about when he talks about the choir, they were conquered by the choir, was the power of singing. Can you imagine for a moment, every Sunday morning, add those voices together, and Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 13, brings this sense of when we enter in in the Spirit, that as all the singing that goes on lifts up into it, all joined together with one mighty throng of singing, maybe even across the ages in the heavenly place, singing praise to God. I wonder what the devil does Sunday morning when people are really singing to God. And, um, and this is what's really encouraged me. Praise can happen in our conversations as much as it can happen in our congregations. Oh, I just made that one up. Oh, that's good. Praise, I say it again if you're writing it down. Praise happens in our conversations as well as in our congregations. Wow. And praise is audible, not internal. Praise is audible, not internal. Now, I know in, my, in our minds we can say, God, you are good, you are wonderful, but praise in the scriptures at least, says it's the fruit of our lips. Yeah, it's some, there's something about others listening, whether they be human or spirit, angelic or demonic. Praise is heard and God is glorified. Um, the two stories which I'm just going to use that we heard in the video um, it, uh, is Paul and Silas and Jehoshaphat. And if you go to Acts 16... 20, um, I think it's Acts 16. I think I'm just going to read some of the verses. So Paul with this great apostle with Silas, who was his, uh, one of his protégés, you could say, or one of his disciples, went to Philippi. And I don't know about you, but can you imagine being taken off the street? Uh, you're beaten and all these things. And then you're the one that's put in prison. You're further beaten. You're stripped. You're shamed. You're put in these prison stocks. Um, and this is what we, we read in verse 25, I think it is. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds unfastened. They were, these guys were thrown into prison you could say that everything against, was against them and what they decided to do was sing praises to God, sing hymns like what we've been singing this morning and it caused an earthquake. How about that? Their singing caused an earthquake. Now you might say, oh, but it was the Spirit of God coming. But the singing was the means by which God moved powerfully. And here's another one for you which I was thinking, praise is the difference between surviving and thriving. Yeah? Praise is the difference between surviving and, and thriving. They were in there and they thought, do we just survive this? Let's just keep our hope up, guys. You know, Paul, let's just keep trusting the Lord. Amen. Let's just, if we can just keep ourselves till we get out of this conundrum, that's surviving. But they said, no, do you know what? We're in a situation here. Let's praise God. Let's turn this into a revival meeting. And they started singing in their stocks, probably their ankles killing them because they've been beaten and bruised and all these kind of things. But they turned it from a survival into a revival. 
Isn't this wonderful? Now, that doesn't, you know, we've we got to remember, if you're just surviving at the moment, that's not to condemn you, but to bring hope and expectation because the gospel is a gospel of revival, not survival. You're writing these down. These are good, aren't they? These are <laughs> um, I, I really find these helpful. See, they took a difficult, suffering situation and then turned it into an opportunity to praise God. Praise is a difference between surviving and thriving. And I know from my personal experience that I rarely think to praise God when I'm having a bit of trouble. And I have to re-teach uh, myself. I saw, some of you might know Chris Spicer, who spoke at um, uh, MLG. I saw him this week. And he has this saying, he says, teach yourself out of a problem. And I thought, yes, by teaching, by listening to the word. See, praise lifts our eyes to God. Praise stirs the faith in our hearts. Do you agree with this? If you agree, say amen. Praise reminds us God's reigning purposes. Praise declares the situation to the situation. God is almighty. Praise releases the power of God on the earth. That's why there was an earthquake. So when you're going through, and when we're going through difficulty, um, here's another one. You ready for this one? When we find ourselves complaining, we are no longer reigning. I, I worked hard. These are, these are spirit-led things. Yes. See, Ephesians 2, 4 to 6, just to remind you of our status. God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I reign with Christ, you reign with Christ. And when I complain, I'm no longer reigning. A complainer is saying, why, you know, this, what's this all going on? A person who's reigning is saying, what are the purposes of God in this moment right now? Because the devil's under my feet. That doesn't mean we don't bring our woes and worries to God, does it? The psalmists were very honest about the situation, but when I read the Psalms, he might say something like, oh, woe is me, why is it that, that the world um, is, um, is, what's the word, um, going great, and I'm just suffering, but praise unto the Lord, for you are good. That's how it often ends, isn't it? They knew how to praise God, so we praise God, you know, the situation itself might not change when I'm praising God, but the perspective I have and the expectation of God's hand in it changes. Because suddenly we're starting to look with different eyes. Praise God that he is sovereign. Praise God that nothing surprises him. Amen? Praise God that he reigns on high. Praise God that my life is in his hands and I need no man to provide for me. Praise God when Paul says, um, I can't remember where this is from, but no one stood with me, but everyone deserted me, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. Praise him for all good things come from above. The gospel is a gospel of revival, not survival. 1 Chronicles 20, 15. Are you following me? Am I going too fast? Or is this all right? It's good, I'm, en I'm enjoying it. Now, many of us will know this story, sorry, 2 Chronicles 20, of Jehoshaphat. 
And I'm just going to read a bit. Basically, this great army came against him, and, uh, and he would, in no way would he be able to win, he thought. So he went and prayed, and, um, and this is what the Lord said to him. He said, um, verse 15, he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites and the Kohathites, who were the worship leaders and the Korahites, stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, and with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning, went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. In other words, they all killed each other. Amen. As John Piper said, the enemy was conquered by the choir by the worship leaders. See, Satan will want to silence our song and mute our mouths. And when you come into church, if you feel that your song is being silenced and your mouth is being muted, that's Satan. And you can easily break through that by opening your mouth, no matter what the simplicity of saying Jesus. Do you remember a time when Daniel was leading a meeting sometime and he said, let's just start saying Jesus really quietly and Jesus, Jesus. And I tell you, something just started to break. And maybe that made you really uncomfortable. But isn't it simple? Jesus, 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 Jesus. The power of praise, the proud power of declaration. See, Hebrews 13, 15 says, Though through him then let us continually offer <clears throat> up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Praise the fruit of our lips. When we open up our mouths, praise in praise and worship, things move in the spiritual realm, in the heavenly places. Do you believe that? See, God's victory is not necessarily our victory. And I love this, the reality of what, if you picked it up in the, in the video earlier about Jim Elliot, this is what John Piper says in that video. He said all five of, if you've ever read Through Gates of Splendor, the story of Jim Elliot and... Um, they wanted to reach this untouched tribe in Brazil and they were killed in, in doing so. He says, all of them were killed that afternoon and his point was they had sung a hymn. But they too were protected by God, protected from a fate, fear, worse than death. They were protected from cowardice and unbelief and fear. 
In other words, the greatest victory was not that they would survive, but that they would not be uh, given in to their own flesh or their fears or their woes and worries. That was the victory that they still went. And if you don't know the story, they, although they got killed, Elizabeth Elliot, his wife, went back to that tribe where she had a way in and many met the Lord. God's purposes are not often our ways, are they? And sometimes um, many will know of um, Keith Green. I always thought about this, Keith Green, the musician and uh, singer in the 70s, I think, or 80s maybe as well. He was, he was an incredible uh, minister of God. And all his family died when he was relatively young. And you think, Lord, what is... But God's purposes are higher. Amen. Praise brings the battle to God's feet. And not your feet. Praise declares our trust in God no matter what. As Job says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Or you can think of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. When, uh, and this is the attitude that I, I want to pull out here. They, where they were told they had to worship this idol and, um, and they said to the king, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace. He will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. See, the attitude was, though he slay me, I'm still gonna serve him. My God will deliver me, but even if he doesn't, I'm still gonna serve him. It's that attitude which is so wonderful that we see. Um, I know it's a little bit of a diversion, but I think it's that attitude in praise and worship that it's not, I'm going to praise you until my situation changes. I'm going to praise you in whatever my situation is. See, praise, we're talking about singing, the power of songs, the power of words declared, the power of telling each other how great God is, all these things have power because God is being declared. But praise does not, at times at least, come naturally, does it? Let's get down to some application. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. It says, I don't know, if, did I give you that one? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who's David talking to? He's talking to himself. He's turning to himself and he's saying, come on, soul, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up the name of Jesus. I know the soul, emotion, will, mind. You might not be thinking straight, but lift up the name of Jesus. You might not be feeling it, but sing out with all your heart. You may not want to, but do it anyway. That's what he's saying. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Listen, and this is how the psalm goes. Um, Do not forget all his benefits. Who forgives all our iniquity, who heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is more than self-help kind of idea of talk yourself into believing something. This is releasing truth where God's power is into our soul, into our flesh, if you like, to rouse us to love God and praise God and worship God. So when we sing that song, praise my soul, the King of heaven, it's based on this, isn't it? Sometimes we need to awaken the joy. That's my title. Awaken the joy. We need to prime the well. We need to practice the praise 
open our mouths, stir our soul, prepare our hearts, particularly before we meet in meetings. Come prepared. I'm coming with, in the Old Testament, which is our picture, which we learn from, we don't see people turning up at temple without some preparation of sacrifice. They may have money to buy there and then, or they would come with their sacrifice. And we should come with ours. Whatever, I don't know what your, your kind of thing you do before you come into church, but if you come unprepared, and I know this is difficult, especially when you've got kids, it's little kids, because they tend to be the, this, the uh, determining thing about whether we can do that. But that should be our heart. We need to walk daily in thankfulness. Be saturated in the word of God. We need to sing outside of the church meetings. One of my most embarrassing times was walking along with my dad up the road while he sung out the red book. <laughs> Let's just say I started to walk a little bit slower at that time while he walked ahead. Can you imagine or bringing out the good old Wesley Humes? Arise, my But he would do it, he would sing up the roads. But have you thought about singing in part of your devotion? We need to awaken the joy. There is joy in us by the Holy Spirit. We need to awaken it. We need to prime the well. We need to unblock the spring. And that, that happens when we start to open our mouths and practice these things and do these things. So here's, I want to finish on some... Uh, Maybe some practicalities. The first thing is this, as I've been saying. Worship, include worship and praise in your devotional times. I've just been starting, I have a bit of a format when I have particular times with the Lord. Um, I will listen to some worship and I will sing along with it. I'd recommend that. Um, sometimes I might even just listen to it, but I'll make sure that I want to sing along to it. Um, sing to music, listen to the words don't just let the tune be the thing that you're kind of like just being moved by. Let it be used as a means to praise the Lord. Invite him. Uh, I'm talking about making it about him and not about us. Invite his ministry that opens our eyes to the truth of what he's done for us in order that we may honour him in everyday life. What I mean by this is this. When we read truth... We invite the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to do more than inform us, but actually to transform us. And we believe by faith that when I take those words, I'm not just reading ink off, of, off the paper, I'm, I'm hearing the Spirit speak into my very being. And that's, what this, that's why this book, or books if you like, is not like any other book, is it? Um, sing as well as listen to the song. And here's, a, here's another thing I want to encourage you, particularly on our Sundays or wherever you go into various things. Come with a song in your heart and praise in your mouth. And it might not be that we, we all, you know, I'm not saying that we're all going to go around the room and everyone's going to sing their song. I mean that when we're singing, you've come with that song in your heart. You come to sing with, with all your heart and praise in your mouth that once the song finishes, you've got something else to give to the Lord. Praise God. You know, what a wonderful God. Or even sing your own, your own words to the song we're singing. That's even, even great. Position yourself for maximum focus on him. Now, I know that for uh, parents, this is very challenging. 
So I know God's grace is abundant, but we're looking for how can we position ourselves? So at home, how can you position yourself for maximum focus on him? Now, I love it that we can be on the train and we can read our Bible and we can, we can talk to the Lord. But um, I mean, I, I would encourage you, just burst out in song on the train then. Let's see what happens. Um, but, you know, praise God. But I think there are great times where you could say, you know, for me, I position myself physically in a place where I can maximise my focus on him. You know, and maybe that's here in the meeting. <clears throat> position yourself. That's why when Jenna says, get out your seat, come down here. It's not because of any other reason that don't feel that you've got to sit in your seat. If it helps you to sit outside your seat, to move to the front, to the side, at the back, whatever, do it in order to maximise your focus. Amen? And understand that it's what God hears that is more important than what everyone else hears. And two ways, don't feel that you've got to pray out loud so everyone hears in order that to be your participation, although that's what you can do. But you can be praying out loud with no one else hearing because it's to the Lord. You can do that when a song's going. You can do that when no one's, when it's whatever. It's about giving God praise. The third thing is this, prime the world by making a step every day by faith. Open your mouth in praise and the rest of you will follow. Every day, are you praising God? Are you wanting to love him, wanting to glorify him? Faith is the, is the real activity there rather than just the words. Recognise the power of small words said with conviction and honesty. I tell you what, if some, someone, and, I, and I, I don't suppose this is anyone in our church, but let's just say this exists in some other church, can say a whole really long prayer with all, this, all these words said, a bit like it's in the scriptures, the man, the, the Pharisee said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like Drew, who's a sinner. You know, I thank you, Lord. And yet there's Drew and he's been, his heart said, you know, forgive me, you know, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, it's in that vein. It's not uh, these big, long prayers of great poetry that's not really said from the heart. It could be the cry of one word said with conviction and, and uh, honesty. And I really believe that as we are praising God, there is a release in the Spirit. And we need to move into this. Not saying that none of this happens now. It's not black and white. It's a moving into more of a release, an awakening of joy in our hearts as people of God, as a church. Amen? Okay, to close with this, Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Amen? I think let's just sing a song together. I think it's an appropriate end. Um, praise God. And then um, uh, we, we're running out of time, but we'll take up an offering. And blah. But I want to encourage you. The real response for this is not what you do now. It's what you do tomorrow. Amen. And it's what you do Tuesday. And it's, it's how we are when we come next week. So let's, let's stand. We're going to pray and sing. And then we'll see what the Lord does. Father, we want to praise you this morning. We want to tell of your wonderful works. We want to glorify you in our lives. We want whatever comes out of our mouth, Lord, to cause people to look to you. Lord, will you help us to stir our own hearts to worship you, Lord, every day. As we wake up, Lord, may our minds be on you. Help us, Lord. Lord, this world is not, does not make it easy for us to praise you. Lord, we are aware that Satan does not uh, want us to praise you. 
Lord. And, and a, a quote I remember, Amy Carmichael, when she felt Satan in the room, she said she, she would sing a song and he would slip out. Lord, we declare your greatness and your glory in this place. Lord, there is no room for the enemy. Lord, especially when we're singing and praising and glorifying you. So Lord, we pray you'd help us in these days. Minister this to us that we may move into this in a deeper and in a, uh, in a greater way. In Jesus' name, amen.